beautiful souls and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm your host, Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I hope you're doing well. I am back today with perhaps maybe a controversial episode where I'm going to be diving into some spiritual, I guess, hot takes or misconceptions, in my opinion. I've actually wanted to record this episode for a while now because I feel like when people are starting their spiritual journey, it's so easy to come across content that can be very, I don't know, I guess, surface level when it comes to all things spirituality and manifestation. So I wanted to make this episode and have it be focused on sharing some of my thoughts, my opinions on how certain topics in the spiritual community can be taken the wrong way or just, I guess, I don't know, clearing up how I feel about certain perspectives when it comes to spirituality and manifestation. I think when it comes to your spiritual journey, it truly is so, so important to use discernment because without discernment, it's so easy to be led astray and to get caught up in the spiritual ego, which I'll talk about more as I go on in this episode. But keep in mind, this is all based on my perspective and how I live my life. And I truly believe that perspective is everything. We all see life through a different lens. If we all thought the same, there would be no opportunity for growth. We aren't meant to all think the same or view life the same way. So if you don't agree with some of my takes, some of my opinions, perspectives, I totally get it. You are free to think however you want. You can live your life however you want. But I'm just hoping that this sparks some healthy conversations about spirituality. So anyway, let's jump into it. So the first thing I want to mention is how I personally view spirituality and a spiritual journey. For me, what a spiritual journey is, is it's a journey about going within, going inward, doing the inner work, healing, and making the unconscious conscious. It's all about building self-awareness. It's a very personal journey and I think that it's easy for people to make it seem like spirituality is all about love and light, which I think actually distracts a person from doing the inner work and embracing all emotions. The thing is, we are spiritual beings living a human experience. Our bodies, our mind, they're programmed to experience emotions. I truly believe that's why we are here, to experience emotions and to learn through our emotions and to grow. So when you focus on just the positive emotions and you ignore or you suppress negative emotions or just those more difficult emotions out of fear that maybe you will manifest something negative into your life, that is actually doing the opposite of what you want it to do. 
when you ignore or suppress those difficult emotions, you are now storing them within you and you're not releasing them. And this can actually manifest in a way where your emotions are coming out in unhealthy ways later down the road when you get triggered. The truth is no one is happy 24-7 and if you have a thought that isn't positive, that does not mean you're going to manifest all this negative stuff into your life, okay? I feel like a lot of people have this fear that as soon as like a negative or just a difficult emotion comes up, they quickly want to push it away because they're afraid of manifesting something negative into their life. No one is happy 24-7. No one experiences positive emotions all the time, and you're not meant to. Duality exists for a reason. The universe is always providing us with contrast. You can't have dark without light. If you only experienced happiness constantly, you wouldn't actually know what happiness feels like. It would just feel normal. It would just be because that's what you are constantly feeling. You have nothing to compare it to. That's why sadness has to exist, because it then gives you that contrast and that opportunity to truly feel happy and to know what true happiness feels like. That's why I'm always telling people to try it all. Do things that scare you. Try something new. If you don't like it, it helps you discover what you do like. You take a job, for example, and you go into this new job thinking that you're going to love it, but turns out you actually can't stand it. Well, now you know what you don't like in a job and you are one step closer to discovering what you do enjoy. And I guess you could say that I don't believe the expression that you aren't supposed to like your job, it's work, it's not supposed to be fun. I actually think that is a conditioned mindset And it's actually a mindset that keeps people stuck in toxic work environments and, you know, just hating getting up and going through daily routines because they just can't stand their job and they're miserable, but they tell themselves, oh, well, it's just a job. I'm supposed to be miserable anyway. Like, it's not supposed to be fun. My response would be, why? Why is work supposed to be miserable? Why aren't you allowed to have a job that you enjoy? It's that limiting belief, that conditioned mindset that keeps you stuck in jobs that you don't like. So that's something my spiritual journey has brought me. The ability to question. And you know, nowadays, when you start questioning what's considered normal in society and you tend to be looked at as some kind of villain or conspiracist or whatever else, but truly, if no one questioned the status quo, there would be no progress. We are meant to evolve and progress. We aren't meant to stay the same. And if you continue doing things the same way that they've always been done, there will never be growth. At least that's what I believe. So now I'm getting off on a tangent. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the first take misconception is spirituality isn't about ignoring difficult emotions. It's about embracing all emotions while knowing in your heart that at the end of the day, you know that contrast exists. So the tough moments won't last forever. And to go along with this, the saying that, you know, everything happens for a reason, this is something that a lot of people will say as a way to invalidate others' painful experiences. Now, don't get me wrong. I personally tell myself that everything happens for a reason and I do 
truly believe in my heart that my life is constantly redirecting me when I get off course and everything I go through is teaching me something, even some of my most painful moments. But never for a second would I use this as an excuse to ignore those painful emotions And I would never tell someone who is hurting deeply to just keep the faith and remember that everything happens for a reason. No, there is a way to be there for someone and validate their emotions while also helping them keep the faith. But using that expression, everything happens for a reason or God has a plan as a way to shove someone else's emotions aside is just invalidating and that's not okay. So again, you have to be mindful of how you could be invalidating your own emotions and how you could be invalidating someone else's emotions too. Because in my opinion, spirituality isn't about ignoring the painful emotions, but rather just embracing all of them. Now, let's go back to the fact that we are spiritual beings living a human experience. I think it's so easy to get caught up in the spiritual experience when you first start your spiritual journey. And you tend to forget that you are, in fact, living a human experience and that is meant to be enjoyed. It's easy to get lost in the spiritual side of things, that you can also easily create this spiritual ego. When you have such a strong spiritual ego, you could actually be manipulating others for your benefit through your beliefs that you force upon others. I also see this happen in religion as well. You know, as an example though, um, let's say someone goes through a spiritual awakening and now they're like, my vibration is so high. I am ascending, and if you don't ascend, then you're going to be stuck forever, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. That's just like one example that came to my mind that I see people do sometimes, like look down at other people and thinking that they're so high vibe and everybody else is low vibe and, you know, doomed for life or whatever. But that's not, that's just like not how it works. That's not, you know, and I don't know, maybe you look at You see someone looking at someone who doesn't have spiritual beliefs like you and you put them down for it or you think that you're better than them because you have some enlightenment. That's the spiritual ego, believing that you are better than anyone else because you feel so enlightened. Or you think someone isn't spiritual because they're not vegan or because they drink alcohol or because they have certain lifestyle habits that you don't consider to be spiritual or whatever else. I guess... That just rubs me the wrong way when people force this narrative that in order to be spiritual, you need to meditate daily, have a strict spiritual routine, not have any fun, can't drink, must be vegan, can't watch reality TV. The list goes on. It's like, yeah, you're a spiritual being, but you're also living a human experience. And I feel like people get caught up in that spiritual ego and then they pass judgment. It's those narratives that just give me spiritual ego vibes, and I don't know if you guys listening agree with me on that or not. I get it if you don't, but that's just my opinion. And I actually think that we sometimes meditate without even realizing that we're doing it. So for me, a spiritual journey is very personal, and I find that each person has their own spiritual connection and routine that feels good for them. But if someone wants to be a vegan and meditate daily, great. If someone else isn't vegan and can't meditate daily, that's okay too, right? 
It's really all about the inward journey and taking the time to connect within and with source, God, or whatever you believe in, in whichever way that you choose. And when I think about religion, I can find religion to be so manipulative as well. In fact, I even see it sometimes happening to my dad. If you've listened to my other episodes, then you know that my family is very religious, they're Christian, nothing wrong with that. But I do sometimes see through the manipulation of churches and Christianity and things like that. And my dad actually works for his church and I saw how, you know, they actually use God to manipulate people into doing what they want them to do. And again, this is all just based off of my own perspective and personal experience with religion in the church. I always found the way that they ask for an offering at the beginning of every service to be manipulative, but maybe that's just my experience. I just don't like how some of the churches will make you feel guilty and kind of guilt you into giving money. Like if you don't give, God is watching and, you know, if you do give, you'll get that back 10 times over. If you put in the last bit of pay that you have for the week. It just, I don't know, I feel like there's better ways to go about it than guilting and manipulating people into it. Or, you know, when my dad was in pain from working overtime and, you know, he, his body doesn't work the same way, he hurts really easily. I mean, when he was working for his church, you know, the pastor's like, oh, how are you feeling? And my dad's like, oh, you know, well, I've been really, you know, tired and in pain and burnt out. And they would just say things like, ah, well, you're doing it for God, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, like, it just feels like a guilt trip, like, oh, you're doing it for God, God's watching over this, and you're a good guy, keep pushing through, even if you're hurting, like, there's no boundaries, I guess is kind of how I see it. But again, I don't know, it's just that spiritual ego vibe that I get. Whenever fear tactics are brought into the conversation, guilt tripping, those are just red flags to me. So that's why I had such a hard time with the Catholic Church growing up, being afraid that if I lied, which we all have lied, right? It's just inevitable as humans, we all have had a moment where we've lied. But that used to terrify me as a kid because I believed that I wouldn't go to heaven or I believed, you know, if I didn't follow some set strict rules that the Catholic Church had, I'd eventually die and go to hell And I feared that I would never make it to a happy place. I was afraid of death because I was like, well, am I actually perfect? Am I good enough for heaven? But I've definitely woken up to that and my beliefs have completely changed. And I think that's what's so tricky about religion and spirituality because really it's all based off of faith. No one actually knows what happens when we die. We have beliefs, and of course my family can say, well, we have the Bible. The Bible tells us everything. The Bible is historically proven, whatever else. But again, I am the type to question everything, and I believe that the Bible is a tool that is filled with metaphors that people tend to take way too literally, but then again, that's a whole other topic. Which brings me to another hot take or personal misconception, in my opinion, which is the fact that no one is going to save you. Only you can save yourself. You can look to others for guidance, you can look to God, you can look to the Bible, you can look to tarot cards and crystals, astrology, but at the end of the day, the only person who can help you is yourself. 
You can go to therapy. You can do all of these things that act as tools to help you. But if you're not doing that inner work, the astrology, the tarot, the crystals, all those tools, they're not going to bring you results unless you're doing the inner work. And all of these tools should never dictate your life. And God most likely won't be coming down to earth to save you. That's very much a metaphor again, in my opinion. And I know this is a touchy, hot subject. But if you are relying on purely faith to bring you out of tough times, it doesn't always work unless you also do the work to create shifts and changes within your life. Which is also why when it comes to manifestation, It's so easy to think that if you use positive affirmations, visualization, script writing, that it'll all just magically appear one day for you. But more often than not, that's not the case. And then people start to wonder where their manifestation is and why it's not working. You have to do that inner work to reprogram your mind, to work through limiting beliefs. Sometimes it takes a lot of facing your shadows and then a lot of inspired action. There is so much to it, and sometimes I feel like when people first get started with manifesting, they get caught up in thinking that you can just attract everything without doing the work, but that's not how it works. You know, I say I don't chase, I attract, but what I actually mean when I say this is that I let go of the resistance and detach from the outcome so I can take inspired action and attract the manifestation to me and know that if it doesn't happen when I want it to, I will be okay anyway. I'm good. I'm grateful for what I got. Again, it's so much more than just sitting there repeating affirmations for what you want you have to put in the work. And something else I've noticed is that people sometimes think of spirituality as selfish and that people who are spiritual are all about themselves and that they don't care about the emotions of others. Now, do people like this exist in the spiritual community? Oh, definitely, definitely. Again, that's the spiritual ego coming into play. And here's an example of how things could get taken out of context. For example, I sometimes say on my podcast that it's not our responsibility to control others' emotions and that when we set boundaries and someone doesn't like that, that's not our job to make them happy or to be a people pleaser. And I still stand behind that. But what I will say is that this does not give you an excuse to disregard others' emotions completely. Absolutely not you should still be a decent human being. And I live by the saying of show up for other people with the same respect that you would want other people to give back to you. You shouldn't go out of your way trying to get reactions out of people. That's not what that's about. I also don't think that spirituality is about detaching from emotions or not caring about how you make other people feel. But when it comes to boundaries, it's about making sure that your well-being is good and that you aren't doing things for the sake of ignoring any bit of conflict because that will eventually turn to resentment, which is not good for anyone. And at the end of the day, you're just lying to yourself and that other person when you people please. It's kind of a way to manipulate too. So when I think about this, it's all about learning how to communicate your emotions with other people in healthy ways. You can set boundaries and still be compassionate. 
And while we're on this topic, let's talk about the buzzword, empath. Because this is also something that I think has gotten a bad rap. It seems everyone wants to be an empath and uses it as a talking point. But if we uncover this a little further, the truth of being an empath isn't something to wear as a badge of honor, in my opinion. It usually means there was a lot of emotional trauma early on in your life. As a child, if you grew up in a hostile environment, then you were most likely hyper aware of your surroundings and you were very sensitive to your surroundings and the moods of those around you because you wanted to make sure that you were doing all that you could to not make that unpredictable person upset. As an example that I always use, so sorry if this is a repeat for you, but like I have said in past episodes, my dad was injured at work, got addicted to his painkillers, and suffered in and out of withdrawals, mood swings, depression, anger. He would always flip a switch for the littlest of things, like if I was leaning on the living room walls, or if my friend and I were being just a tad too loud in the basement. It wasn't just a, can you please keep it down? It was a complete switch and constantly screaming and swearing and never happy. So because of this, I became hyper aware and very sensitive of his energy as a way to protect myself as a child. Empaths are known to be able to instantly feel the energy of others and can often read the energy of the room. And the reason for this is usually because they are still hyper aware of their surroundings because that's how they were able to keep themselves safe in those hostile home environments when, you know, being around people who had those mood swings. They pick up on subtle clues just naturally due to early childhood. And this can then create those people-pleasing tendencies. And it can actually be a form of manipulation if you think about it. People-pleasing, you aren't being honest with how you really feel and you are behaving a certain way in order to get the other person to react the way that you want them to. And to be honest, I'm not even sure if I worded that right because I am not a psychologist. So definitely look into a licensed professional on this topic. But what I'm saying is that being an empath isn't something that most people would want to use as a talking point. It's not that you have some special psychic gifts. It usually just means that you are super sensitive to the energies of others because it's how you've always protected yourself as a child. Which leads me to this. We all have spiritual gifts and psychic abilities because we are all spiritual beings. Some of us are just more in tuned and open to them than others, but that doesn't mean that anyone is better than anyone else for it. Again, that would just be a spiritual ego thing. So remember, if you are listening to spiritual podcasts or your favorite tarot readers wishing that you had psychic or spiritual gifts, you do. You just have to be open to them and work with them, which is a journey in itself. The other reason why I believe in past lives is because of this. Because if you think about it, some people are naturally talented at things. Like someone who has never drawn before in their life just picks up a pen, a paintbrush, a marker, and starts drawing beautiful artwork. Most likely, they have been doing it for many lifetimes. If you have a natural talent, it's most likely due to many lifetimes of practicing that talent. Someone who can tap into their psychic gifts seamlessly 
most likely had many past lives where they have just been using those psychic gifts. At least that again is what I believe. It's just a belief. It can't really be proven. Past life regression therapy is a thing, but even then it's all about what you believe. Now, another hot take that goes along with this is astrology. There's more to astrology than just sun signs. So when you say you hate all Libras because you had a bad experience with Libras, it's very biased. We all have sun, moon, mercury, Mars, Venus, rising signs, north node, then there's asteroids and generational planets, and most likely all of these are in different signs. And our planets are interacting with those we come into contact with. So if my sun, for example, is in Sagittarius, and I come across someone who has a lot of Virgo in their chart, then I'll most likely butt heads with them because our planets are squaring each other and creating challenging aspects. But most likely, we are meant to teach each other something. But it's funny because that same person that I butt heads with could have an amazing synastry chart with someone else where their energy just flows with one another. So again, when it comes to astrology, you know, it's more than just sun signs that needs to be taken into consideration and to realize that how one person experiences your energy is going to be different than how another person experiences your energy. Which is a reason why I try not to take things as personally these days because I know not everyone is going to vibe with my energy and that's okay. Alright, so I have a few more takes to mention before I end this episode. This one I find really important to remember and that's to remember that we are not meant to get rid of our ego. I think when people first get into spirituality, they want to quickly shut down their ego and just get rid of it. But the thing is, our ego is also here to protect us. It can help us and keep us out of danger. It's all about finding that healthy balance. When I think of a spiritual journey, I really think of it as building self-awareness. I don't want to cut my ego out completely, but I want to become aware of my triggers and why I'm reacting the way that I am. I want to become the observer of my thoughts. And I want to remember that the thoughts in my head are not mine. I was actually pondering this thought the other night. Every thought we have is a reflection of the world around us in one way or another. We don't just think one day, ugh, I'm, I'm so ugly. No, there's something that we saw, something that we heard, that then became that thought in our head. Whether it be someone who has said, you know, you're so ugly to us, or whether it was a magazine that we read that told us the beauty standard is to look this way. So if you don't look this way, then you're not pretty. Our thoughts aren't ours, and we don't have to accept them as fact. It's all ego, and it's really about discerning what is ego-based and what's intuition, and that can be very tricky at times. But learning that really helped me look at my thoughts from a whole different perspective. But please just remember, you need your ego, so don't push it away. Instead, work on self-awareness. 
Lastly, let's talk about healing and how healing is not linear. We all have different healing journeys. We all experience painful emotions. Something I can't stand is when people invalidate another person's pain by saying someone else has had it worse or, you know, well, at least you didn't go through X, Y, and Z. The thing about painful emotions is that we only know as much pain as we have been through. That's why, as children, we are so impressionable because most haven't been through painful experiences. So, you know, as a child, when a parent, I guess, what can I use for an example? So let's say a child is asking for a parent's attention and the parent snaps. That rejection can feel really painful in that moment because perhaps that is the most pain that child has felt. Or if a parent is screaming at a child and instilling fear in that moment, that feels painful for that child because that's the angriest they have seen their parent, even if there isn't physical abuse involved, and that creates fear and that experience that can be wounding. So if you have been through an experience that has brought you pain, you can feel valid in that experience, even if people have gone through worse. That shouldn't take away from the emotions you are feeling in that moment. And it is important to allow yourself to feel them. We are all on our own journey and no path looks the same. It's not meant to look the same. We have our own personal lessons that we are meant to learn and grow from. And life is full of constant ups and constant downs. You will never fully be healed, which is why it's also important to let go of making your life one big never-ending journey of healing and self-improvement because it's so easy to lose yourself in that and believe that you are one big wound that needs to be completely healed and fixed in order to be worthy of receiving. But guess what? You are worthy to receive because you are you. Love who you are right now and don't wait for some perfect version of yourself before you start loving who you are because that perfect version does not exist. Perfect does not exist. Now, I know this was more controversial than usual, but I felt it was important for me to share. It has just been on my mind and I really hope that you found it helpful in some way. Your support and love always means the world to me and I cannot thank you enough for listening to my chats. I would love to connect with you on social media. I am at LDuclos, E-L-L-D-U-C-L-O-S on all platforms. I'm sending you all of my love. Until next time. Mm -hmm.